Hello everyone, my name is Ryan and you're listening to The Vegan Report. If you're vegan for the animals and you care to do more for animal rights, but you're not sure where to start, then this podcast is for you. Every week, let yourself fall in love with passionate animal rights leaders who will inspire you to find your voice, your own special contribution to the animal rights movement, however small or big it is. Today we are going to talk about strategies to convert people to veganism and the health criticism for being vegan. To tackle all of these topics and more, you will hear me talk with Chris. Chris is one of the vegans I have interviewed for the veteran vegan series of this podcast, where I ask longtime vegans some burning, challenging, and important questions. Chris is a teacher who became vegan for health reasons more than 14 years ago. I truly, truly enjoyed talking with him. If you want to know more about him, you will find his Instagram handle in the description below. So welcome, Chris. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks for having me. Let's start with an an introduction. Sorry. (laughs) So could you please introduce yourself? Sure. Um, My name is Chris. I'm a uh, a 53-year-old guy. I teach and live in central Connecticut in the USA. Yes. And um, I posted an ad on uh, the subreddit uh, Vegan, Mm -hmm. and you decided to answer that uh, ad and participate in a conversation about veganism. Uh, so just out of curiosity, why did you want to share your experience of uh, being vegan with the world? Well, I mean, I feel for me, it's been a positive experience. Um, if I can uh, go into a little backstory for you at this point, um, about um, it was 2009 in February, um, I was in a car accident, nothing critical, but enough that I had to go to um, physical therapy and go through things. Years before that point, my doctor was always like, your cholesterol is too high, lower your cholesterol. And um, on my way to physical therapy one night, I heard an interview on NPR with a guy named Rip Esselstein, who was behind the engine two diet, which is plant-based, not vegan. And um you know, he, he is a firefighter and triathlete and eats plants. And I was like, you know, I can try that for a month. I mean, how hard can that be? And so I did it for a month and I felt really good. And I went two months more and my cholesterol dropped 60 points. Um, I dropped about 30 pounds, about four inches up my waist. And I was like, okay, this is going to be it. And so April 5th, 2009, I had chicken and April 6th, 2009, I didn't. And since that date, I've had nothing but animal. Um, I also read Animal Liberation and some other books since that, you know, in the time shortly after that. And then I didn't buy any more animal products for, you know, clothing, for shoes, for other kind of stuff. And so I've phased those things out. And, um, you know, I don't serve animal products in my house. I don't eat them out places. I bring vegan food to places and encourage people, you know, that way. I find the people who are kind of in your face, you know, dominion kind of stuff. It's a little like, uh, but um, I find that if you show up somebody and you go, hey, look at here's cookies and they, they will eat them and they go, and they're vegan. And they're like, oh, this is vegan. It's like, yes, you can have some yummy food. And so you can take care of animals and the planet and do these things without, you know, it's being like twigs and, and, and you know, grass clippings. So that's my answer. 
I love that. I, I, I try to do that uh, in my workplace. I mean, mm-hmm. it's my secret way of uh, bringing the, the, the vegan agenda to, to the workplace. So would you say that you um, became vegan first for health reasons and then um, became vegan for ethical reasons? Yeah, it definitely, for me, it started off as a health um, thing. And I think when I, because all I changed was what went in. You know, I didn't start working out at the same time. I didn't take extra vitamins or other stuff. My life didn't change at all, aside from the fact that I stopped eating animals and animal products. And within, said a month, I felt better. And within three months, I lost weight. I felt great. My cholesterol was down. My doctor was like, what'd you do? I said, stop eating animals. He goes, keep doing it. And that way was it. And then he was, he was trying to get me to not go on a statin. His big thing was concerned for my not being on a statin. And um, at the age I was at that point, which is uh, at that point I was in my, my late thirties. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, um, I think for me, it was that kind of thing. I will say um, my, my place of business or where I work had a, um, a, a chili cook off a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I won one of the awards and like big pot of vegan chili. And we had a, one, one day we had a whole day, like bring, bring in a pot of soup. And I brought in a big lentil soup mix and it was gone. And the other soups weren't gone. Mine was gone. And so I'm like, okay, you can make a tasty dish. It doesn't require, you know, animal products in it. And people loved it. And, you know, so. Well, yeah. I mean, there's this preconception that once you go vegan, it's over. You you won't uh, like uh, food anymore. You, you will have to. <laughs> To take that, uh, you know, to eat that tofu, that bland tofu yeah. that is not, uh, you know, raw, and it's not the case. Most no. vegans, you know, uh, I I talk with, always say, once I became vegan, um, I introduced a diversity of food uh, in my diet, and I always say, you know, my plate became more colorful from being vegan. I, I agree. I also think that there are some vegans I know. I mean, sure, um, Oreos are vegan, and um, you know you can't live on those. And I, I've tried occasionally, but you can't. Um, but you know there are things out there that are junk food that you can still eat as a vegan. But definitely, you eat more things. Also, I mean, I've tried Ethiopian food and I've tried other stuff. And we have a um, a cookbook called the Korean Vegan, which is fantastic. It's got some great flavors and things to it. And um, it's really broadened our viewpoint on food and we try different flavors and different profiles. I mean, my children grew up eating because I mean, basically I was cooking vegan food in the house. And so my older kids um, who are now in their early twenties and late teens, um, they grew up eating a diverse flavor of things because that's what dad put in front of them, you know? And it wasn't a case of like, Oh, you don't want this. You can go have a Big Mac. No, no, this is dinner. So you're going to, you know, dinner is right here in front of you. And they learned to eat a broad range of things and flavors and um, even tonight, I have a, a small child right now. We made a, a potato scallop dish tonight, which is with um, a the yogurt. I want to say it's soy-based yogurt, I think. Um, and then uh, some uh, potatoes and um, a one of the meat replacement sausages in a scallop kind of dish, like an au gratin kind of thing. And the little, the little one loved it too. It's just, that's what it is. It's just yummy food. Yes. I mean, it forces you to learn how to cook. So yes, that's from, very true. Yeah, stop taking, like you said, the Big Mac, and also it forces you to open yourself to to new flavors, to new ingredients, to you know go look for um, new recipes. But um, I am of the opinion that if we want to advocate for veganism, we should take the uh, route of um, talking it 
about veganism as an ethical uh, from the from an ethical standpoint uh, instead of talking about um, the health or even the environment because I feel like that um, to sustain um, being vegan um, and I know right now you know we feel that it's easy and it's second nature but it is a drastic change and mm. people um, find it uh, scary to uh, change so much of their uh, diet and of their lifestyle sometimes um, so do you share that opinion that we should advocate mainly um, from an ethical standpoint, you know, uh, concentrate on the ethical arguments and get away from um, uh, the health part or even the environment part or the other benefits of veganism? Um, well, so it's interesting. Um, I certainly subscribe to the fact that we need to be aware of it and need to present it. But I think most people you run into, if you say you're a vegan, they're like, oh, okay. They're already kind of hands up. They don't want to talk to you. And then if you're like, you know, animals, 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 they tune you out. And and this would be like if you're from any political party, but the other political party these days doesn't want to hear you. Right? The minute you say you're the other party, they don't want to hear you. So I found that by using food or that kind, you know, health benefits, it allows me to start a conversation that can over time work that way. But if you start, at least in my experience, if you start with, you know, chickens are putting grinders and, and cows and they, they just don't care. I mean, a lot of people, you know, they like their veal and they don't really care that the baby cows are stuck in a little small space for, you know, they can't lay down and they just don't care. So I've, so, and they're not going to watch the documentaries that we all are aware of are out there. They're not going to watch those things. So if I can get someone to think about eating less meat, eating less dairy, eating less things um, by doing the food, food route, kind of health route, or just yummy food and low, lower carbon implant, whatever, you know, it's a way to get there. I certainly value the animal rights and the animal issues of it. And I think that's important, but if you turn somebody off by coming at them with the animal stuff first, I think you've lost that person and then you're not going to get them back. And then, then their minds, Oh, vegans are like that. And then, you know, there's the jokes. You know, how do you know vegan? They'll tell you. I, in my experience, people around me will tell people, oh, he's vegan. I'm like, I, okay, I, why is that an issue? Like, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I try to convert people by food or have people have, have guests over. Um, I had a friend, we have a family friend who's, he, he's 90, 90 years old. This man's a steak and potatoes kind of person. Came over, cooked me a lovely mushroom leek cassoulet the other night and he ate it and loved it. No meat in it. He didn't complain because it's a lovely, lovely meal, you know? Um, but I think if you got somebody and you say, you know, this, this, this about animals, which is true. I mean, it's what we do is kind of horrific and how we treat these, these beings is horrible. But I think most people don't want to hear that because they understand they're contributing to it. Right. In some fashion, they understand even the fact that, you know, throughout mankind's history, you know, we don't call beef cow, right. Well, it's called beef, right. It's not, it's not pig, it's pork. Right. And so we've, made these changes to names veal isn't baby cow that's been kept in a pen and, and kind of tortured no it's veal right so we found ways to change the names to kind of shelter people from this stuff and the fact that people don't know how to you know process their own things or how to how to deal with it and so they don't understand where they are in that in that thing um makes for me i think 
there's already a disconnect there in the first place. And so I just, I don't know. I, I think that it, it's very easy to be kind of the, um, the angry vegan, mm-hmm. um, which I, I get, I understand why people are like that. I get it. But I think if you want to convert people to your cause, you need to be more approachable. And so I take that kind of middle of the road thing. Um, I said, I teach. And so like my students are aware that I'm a vegan, but I never like, never like in your face, never at all. I'm just like, they're like, what do you have for lunch today? I'm like, oh, here's what I have. And I tell them what's for lunch. And lunch, I think lunch gets asked me to bring lunch in. I'm like, sure, I've got something to share. That's it. I'm not pushing any agenda. I'm not telling anything about animals. I'm not anything, but like, they're like, oh, wow, that's tasty. I'm like, yes, of course it's tasty. I'm like, I'm cooking good food here. Like this is, but like, I don't, I, I think for me at least, I understand the ethical nature of it. And then certainly as part of my own process, I don't buy animal stuff. I don't wear animal stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm there, but I feel that we need to be careful how you far you push that to avoid getting the blowback. And then a person who maybe was maybe kind of considerate, even in their face, like, you're killing animals. And then they're like, okay, now I'm done. You know, I think can you get them to phase into meatless Mondays? You can phase into meatless Mondays and Tuesdays. Like, you get them to even get, I, by the way, I look at it as if I can get somebody to eat meat one less day a week, they're not vegan, but that's better, right? I mean, sure, it'd be great if they were all vegan, but like even this one less day of, of animals of consumption is better than one day more of animal consumption. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my thought process. And I completely agree. We should encourage people to reduce their um, consumption of animal products instead of, you know, mm. all of a sudden becoming vegan. I want to get back to um, the, the the health part, but first, I want to talk about the the anger you mentioned. Uh, this is something I felt when I became vegan. Became became vegan. Mm-hmm. I was um, pretty upset uh, thinking about um, you know the billions of animals exploited, uh, tortured, killed, and such. Um, and there are plenty of vegans out there um, who still feel upset after years of becoming vegan and it's almost like um like a wound or something like that where you know it comes up um in discussing the the topic of veganism um and that that anger you know i asked another guest about it and you know he mentioned how this was good in fact you should feed that anger and keep that that fire going um but part of me doesn't like that uh, just from you know a mental health um perspective and also i've always said you know I- i'm vegan out of love for animals mm. uh not because i'm angry or it doesn't come from that uh sad passion but what do you think? Uh, do you have an opinion on that? Well, I mean, I, I said, I mean, I, you know, I, I, know, I spent 30 some odd years eating animal products. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the typical American, you know, McDonald's, Burger King, whatever, bacon, egg and cheese, this or burger kind of thing. Um, and I think it took for me a chance to realize that I could eat not animals and one be full, be healthy and be happy to then reach a point where I could. And then also I said, um, Pete Singer's book, uh, Animal Liberation was, was fantastic. I know I also read a, a book called Vegan Freak. And uh, I went through a whole binge of like of things like that for a while um, that really helped broaden my eyes to what was going on. 
this is prior to the documentaries that are out there now that you can watch and things like that. And so I, you know, I, I don't, you know, again, I don't buy no to do things. And I think I have one piece of clothing in my, 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 my wardrobe. I have a kilt. Um, my family clan from someone it's, it's a wool kilt because that's what they're made from that I had years before I went vegan. I still have it. Um, I'm not hurting any animals at this point. It was from before, you know, it's a kind of pre thing and I have it I wear it maybe once or twice a year. Um, but I wouldn't buy a new one. I mean, I bought other kilts, but they're cotton, they're canvas, they're whatever. They're not made from wool. Um, cause I wouldn't do that at this point. Um, and so I don't know, I think, I have my own viewpoint and I'm upset that the world is like that and that people are still doing this kind of things, but I don't, I don't know. I don't hate anything on the planet. I find that hating something requires me to pour energy I have into something. And I don't want to pour my energy into something negative, which to me hate is something negative. And so anger is kind of like that. It's, it's, so instead I try to be positive, but at the same point, I don't want to make someone else angry by getting in their face about what they're eating or their choices. I can find ways to do it in a peaceful kind of friendly way. But I think if someone gets in your face about something and really makes you angry, your, your tendency isn't to jump to their conclusion. Your tendency is to be defensive. And I just think you want to convert people to kind of the cause. You need to be positive and calm and happy and approach it. If someone's in your face, you're wrong. I just think the average person's going to go, yeah, you know what? Screw you, dude. I don't need, I don't need that conversation. And I think if, you, if your goal is to increase animal safety, decrease animal consumption, animal usage, the way to do it is gradual, peaceful, calm. And sure, you know what? You want to throw in climate change? I think, again, there's a certain political leaning in the country that's more inclined to believe in climate change, believe in the fact that animals contribute to climate change. And so there's a way, you know, if you find somebody who's kind of eco-friendly, but they're still eating animals, well, hey, it's better for the planet if you don't eat animals, but at least eat less of them. Okay. There's ways to approach a lot of people, you know, then there's the person who's got, you know, the big truck spewing fuel and they want to have their barbecue and everything else. And you're not going to convince them. I think you can get in their face, but you're not going to convince them. So to me, it's work around them, you know, find the people around them and go from there. And eventually the people like that will have heart attacks or have high cholesterol issues and they'll die anyway. So, you know, Natural um, selection. I don't know. That's yeah. That's, that's my, my kind of thought process, right? Is that going to last forever? I mean, I also know, like I said, that like we go to Mars, I might have some freeze dried food that contains animal products, but you get to Mars, you're going to grow plants because they're not going to ship a cow to Mars. <laughs> so people living on Mars are going to, at some point be, be basically a vegan diet. I mean, living on plant-based things. And so, okay, so we'll get, you know, there's a forward process there where we'll, we'll get more people doing that kind of stuff because they realize, hey, we have to, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's my kind of long-winded answer to your, to your question. Sorry, I, I ramble a bit. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's it's perfect for a podcast, in fact. <laughs> and uh, I love the way you think because you have a strategic way of approaching this whole issue. You're not a one answer um kind of person um and yeah I, I think that sometimes it requires a different approach you know well every time every person requires a different mm -hmm. approach but would you would you say that some people need to be offended or that sometimes we need to upset in order to to bring about uh, change and I'm thinking about, for instance, those vegans who enter um, um, a restaurant where where they serve 
um, just meet and they they, they make um, uh, they protest and you know they will scream uh, and such to the at the customers. Um, you you have that kind of um, uh, advocacy work. Do you think that sometimes upsetting um, others is required to to change the uh, status quo? Um, well, I think for the people who go into, say, a grocery store and put stickers on things or go into a restaurant, um, you know, I don't go to a steakhouse because I don't eat with a servant in a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, when possible, I eat at just vegan restaurants in the first place. And occasionally I eat at a place that has vegan options to support the fact that they got vegan options, which mm-hmm. might encourage them to have more vegan options. Right. Um, but I think that I'd rather see someone go outside a restaurant with a placard, with signs, whatever, maybe it shows, you know, animals being mistreated, maybe it shows baby chickens, whatever it is, then in the restaurant. And once you go in there, you're you're basically causing a disruption. You're, you're, you're causing the problem for the business. You're causing a problem. Like the employees of the business, the, the waitress, the waitress, the waiters, the, the bus boys, the dishwashers, they didn't ask for their job to be upended, upheaval, you know, um, whether they support the cause or not. Hey, I, I don't know. I mean, um, but... I don't agree with that kind of civil disobedience in that place. You want to see it outside the place? You're perfectly allowed to protest. Perfectly fine. It's part of you know, it's the right we've got in our constitution here in America. Sure, go ahead and do it. But I think going into a, a place and causing disruption, um, it's me. I feel it crosses a line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can stand outside with pictures, placard signs, and still cause that same in-your-face kind of thing without causing a problem for the business or the workers or that kind of thing. Because again, to me, the concern is, are you going to actually going to make anyone angry? They'll be angry at you because you've gone and done the thing, but are they actually going to then go, oh my God, you're right. And I, I just, I don't see it. And maybe part of this is, I mean, I, I teach um, as, as my, you know, my, my day job. And, you know, there are times occasionally you can kind of call somebody out on their crap, but mm-hmm. oftentimes you've got to kind of like, Hey man, Let's be kind of chill and kind of, you got to approach it kind of from the edges. You kind of can't always just go at somebody because they tend to do that. They tend to get to get, get up and then it doesn't work well. So you got to kind of work the edges and then eventually find the place and everybody's calm. And now we can understand each other and now we can go, Hey, you were wrong about that. I was okay. And then you can, but if you just kind of yell at them, there's a couple of kids you can maybe you can kind of bark at and they'll go get that. But most of them, you can't do that. And I think people are like that, right? If someone's in your face telling you you're wrong about what you're doing. Most people don't want to just go, oh, you're right. They're like, you get defensive. And so I, I'm i not a fan of that kind of in-your-face civil disobedience inside of a, a place, be it a, a restaurant, a mall, um, a store. It's maybe a mall's common space, but like not in a store or not going in and throwing paint on fur. Or I think those kind of things cross a line into destructive nature and don't help the cause. I think if anything, they get spread across the news afterwards and it just makes people look, look a little crazy, look a little um you know, um, not following societal norms. So that's me, you know. Well, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I think part of me thinks that uh, those people are working out some inner feelings. I think it feels good to do so. Sometimes I I feel like going inside, uh, you know, one of those restaurants where they, they serve some strange meats or something mm. like that. And start screaming at, at customers. I think there is something therapeutic at uh, to that, but um, obviously I don't do it because, in the long term, I don't think it's beneficial 
for the movement or for myself. Um, yes. Yes, I, I totally get the desire. I mean, and, um, you know, as a person who, I don't know, 15, 16, 70 years ago, you know, went to a Brazilian barbecue place where they had every kind of thing on the planet you could imagine. It was just, you know, meat, 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 meat. Um, but now I think about that, you know, I've had some people ask me like, if you had a burger tomorrow, what would happen? I'm like, I don't know, but I'd probably either throwing up or have real problems at the other end for days afterwards. My body hasn't processed animal protein in 14 years. Um, you know, and like I make some, I make something that has, you know, in theory it's, you know, egg like or whatever else. And people are like, Oh, does it taste like egg? I'm like, sure. But I haven't had an egg in 14 and a half years. So sure. I wasn't egg taste like, I don't know. It tastes like the thing I'm making. I think I, <laughs> I haven't had that stuff in a long time, you know? Yes. Um, so I just, I don't know. I, um, I, I, I get the, the desire to get, if the whole plan could change tomorrow, you know, from, you know, animal rights issues and sure, you know what people say, well, those cows would die then. Well, they would, they die of old age and they would die happier lives. Not in theory, if they were not kept in cages and pens and that kind of stuff, they're allowed to be on roam fields and do things and die of old age. Sure. Um, you know, could you instantly stop animal production? Well, you'd have a bunch of animals that no one wants to feed them because they can't sell them off afterwards. So that'd be a problem too. You know, we don't have, you know, millions of animals starving because the companies, the agribusiness decides we can't sell them, not going to feed them, you know, well, that's no good. So I think the gradual decline of consumption works better because then at least we're not leaving animals to starve in the middle of nowhere. And there are no sanctuaries to adopt, you know, I don't know, 5 billion pigs across the planet or whatever many pigs there are out there. Um, and you know, but there are sanctuaries. Um, I went to a sanctuary, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, um, upstate New York, lovely little place. And they've got beavers and they've got goats and they've got other stuff. And it was just a nice little kind of cool place where animals can go and live happy lives and be okay. Um, but like, I don't know. I think that, you know, I get the anger. I get the frustration. Um, but I think the world's not going to change like that unless there's a sudden pressing outer need for, you know, um, I don't know, some massive glacier traps in the ocean and then it's climate change and we can link, link it or I don't, aliens suddenly arrive and say, you guys are abusing animals and we can't, we don't like that. And therefore we're going to punish you. Oh, okay. I think without some external force of great nature, I think mankind's going to not make a rapid change. We'll have to do a gradual one and be okay with that mm. in the process. Now I want to, at last, go back to to uh, the health arguments that you make. Um, first of all, I want to point out that um, oftentimes um, we as vegans are confronted with um, all sorts of health claims from, and it's health criticism from uh, the outside world. And so we have to talk about health and we have to learn about nutrition and we have to, uh, you know, kind of build um, a little library of knowledge around mm. that, because we're we're faced with so much criticism, uh, health criticism um, uh, regarding our, our health, and it's just it's not just criticism. Sometimes it's concern from um, the ones uh, closest to us. Uh, like I remember my parents asking me to do some blood work. Uh, at least for the first uh, two years, uh, <laughs> just to make sure that I was uh, in, in good shape. So, yes, but I also don't believe that veganism is 
you know, at the other end of, a, of the spectrum, like a miracle plant or a youth uh, uh, fountain uh, of sort, because, you know, someone who has a Mediterranean diet with, um, and he eats or she eats um, some fish sometimes, although th there is mercury in fish, mm. so I would not recommend that. But um, it's hard to argue that this person is, you know, and more uh, unhealthy than I am because I'm I'm vegan. It's it's hard to compare the those diets, um, or or to make the argument that mine is superior than. Uh, the, the Mediterranean diet with small amounts of fish. Hmm. Um, although, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not stupid. I know that most people don't have a, a responsible diet. Uh, and it's the case for most, uh, uh, certainly the case for most North Americans. Um, so what do you make of all of that? Well, first of all, I think I look pretty good for my age. Thank you very much. But, um, you know, um, no, I, here's I the thing. I mean, um, you could live on, you know, a junk food diet and, you know, perhaps you just have genetics that allow you to be, you know, I don't know, six foot tall and 170 pounds and you look you look pretty good, right? Now, and maybe even your cholesterol is not, not bad and you just genetically, you're predisposed to that. You could be a person who only eats plants all the time and you do all the right stuff and you still, you're still, you know, 280 and you high cholesterol because your body just makes more cholesterol than it should. Some things are genetic. Some things you just can't, you can't fix. I know I was able to lower my cholesterol significantly just by changing what I eat. Um, and so to me, I kind of swear by it. Um, at the same point, things people are like, you know, oh, protein, protein, protein. Okay. Um, as a kid who grew up in the seventies, when chickens were smaller, because chickens weren't the big massive things we have today. It's all breast meat. You know, a chicken, a, a, a roaster chicken, which was smaller than say, would feed a family of four or five for dinner and the next night. Yes. And so you didn't get, you know, half a pound of protein on your, on your plate because mom served a portion and it was a drumstick or whatever. And that's what you ate. And you had your potatoes and you had your, your vegetable and that we were fine. And we didn't die of protein deficiency and we were all fine as Americans and we did our thing. We were perfectly fantastic. And we, you know, became America, you know, well, okay. Now there's a sudden need got to have like 85 billion grams of protein per, per meal. You don't like you don't. And even people who are, who are the crazy workout in the gym, you know, I got protein before my workout, protein before my workout. Okay. You think your body's observing all that? You're not really probably really playing the actual game here. If anything, making your body and your kidneys work harder to process and get rid of the stuff than you need to. Um, you know, um, we eat beans and lentils and tofu and other stuff. And, you know, I don't eat a block of tofu, a whole block every meal. No, I eat part of a block and I share it with my family and we're fine. We're okay. Um, I have, I have a health condition that is hereditary. There's nothing to do with being vegan in the slightest, um, that my aunt has, my grandmother has been in the family for quite some time. And I get blood work done all the time. And my blood work generally is pretty fantastic. You know, um, my vitamin D is low. That's because I don't go out in the sun very much because I'm of I'm a, I'm a, a Northern European heritage and we burn quite easily. And okay. Um, but and many for, for everyone. It is. It, it's low for reason because we all have been told stay out of the sun because sun, sun causes cancer. So get out of the sunlight and wear sunblock and wear sunscreen. Oh, okay. So we all do that. So these low for everybody. But all the people who are saying, oh, vegans have to lost health stuff. It has to fortify your diet. Okay. All the omnivores who are drinking fortified milk and fortified cereal and fortified, you know, bread and for it's all fortified. 
everything is because we've also we've also grown the plants to a point where they don't have the nutrients they used to have because we're now making them in such vast quantities and so everything's fortified um and ob12 is a concern um my basal numbers are fine i mean occasionally i've got a little like sublingual pill i can take for but like I, I do it occasionally just because I think I should, not because I need to. My doctor's not worried about it at all. So, I mean, I eat, you know, a pretty diverse diet. I'm, you know, for a vegan, I eat a lot of things. There's very, it's very little I won't, actually, I can't eat anything I won't eat. I'm not a fan of oatmeal. That's a childhood trauma, but I'll still eat it if I have to. But at the same point, I still have my occasional, you know, Ben and Jerry's, you know, non-dairy, you know, ice cream or my occasional Oreo or potato chips or whatnot. But um, I eat a pretty good approach and that keeps me pretty healthy and you know i occasionally go oh i need to lose a couple pounds because i've been eating too many potato chips and whatever okay but i think going vegan be more aware of my own body range the weight i'm comfortable at the weight i kind of should be at um prior to that point i kind of didn't care whatever it didn't matter but like being more conscious of what goes in and the impacts it has on me has made me i think a little more aware of of that process. And so, um, you know, I think that will it solve all your health problems? No. Although I know people who had, you know, um, you know, patchy skin or who had, um, asthma issues and they get rid of dairy and all those problems, major problems went away. Didn't say they cured it. I'm not, I'm not going to say they cured the problem, but it's like they took out that irritant that their body had to deal with. And suddenly now their eczema is better. Their asthma is better. It's like, they just get rid of dairy. I mean, okay we're the only animal that drinks the lactation of another animal yeah. right baby cows don't go drink from goats right mm -hmm. goats don't go drink from i don't know bears right and no it they it's, it's it right we're the only animal that does this thing and you know we're not really built for it i mean sure in some parts of the planet genetically their whole you know ethnic groups that have a massive lactose intolerance because they never did it before and you just can't make that thing work and so to me um I think, you know, if I can eat plants and be healthy and happy, then why don't you eat animals? Why don't you just make something else suffer in the process? And, you know, I grow some plants in my garden and I buy something at the store and I just, I eat a broad range of things. And so to me, yeah, from a health standpoint, I think, you know, people say to me, oh, you're protein. I'm like, um, where do you eat your protein? You know, I, I ask them, like, well, I'm like, well, how much protein do you have today? And they're like, what do you mean? Like, how many grams of protein? I'm like, uh, I'm like, you don't know, do you? Neither do I. All I know is I'm eating enough because my body feels fine. Like, it's okay. You'll find that one, like, you know, um, you know, uh, workout kind of person will tell you, well, I've had 46.9 grams of protein so far, and all my macros are fine. Uh, okay, good for you. But I don't know. I just, you know. I mean, I think it wasn't until recently that America worried about this kind of stuff. Again, I grew up in the seventies and, you know, mom put a little bit of chicken in your plate or a little bit of liver or something else. And you just ate it and you were fine. And we eat so much more protein now than we used to. And portion sizes are, are huge, are big, but comparison. And it's like, we all survived. We were fine. So I kind of look at that just with plants. And I also get the feeling that uh, becoming vegan has empowered you in, in your uh, diet in in the way you eat um and it has certainly had the same effect uh you know for me um i would like to go back to your vegan journey sure. and talk about you know when you decided to become vegan what was the reaction of the people around you of your family of your uh, circle of friends 
Uh, was it a welcoming, warm reaction or was it full of concerns like my parents? Uh, how was it? Um, well, let me see. At that point, I was married to my ex-wife. Mm -hmm. um, I had two kids who were, um, let me see, uh, five and three, roughly, at the time, and then a mother-in-law who also lived with us. Um, when I, the first three months that I was doing kind of just a plant-based approach, I cooked my food, I cooked their food, and um, occasionally, they, occasionally they eat some of my food as like a side dish. And then around that third or fourth month, I was like, you know what? Um, once I started reading the books and getting more from plant-based to, to vegan, I'm going to cook animals. I'm like, I'm not cooking animals anymore. You want animals, you cook them yourself. But like, okay, I, I can't like kick you out of the house because I can't do that. But like, that's it. And I stopped cooking animals. And so um, other people cooked, cooked a meal or two for a month or so, and they realized they didn't want to cook anymore. So the house kind of just started eating vegan food because I was cooking vegan food and they liked the food. And that went on for quite some time. Um, and so whether they liked it or not, I don't know, but they kind of dealt with it. You know, um, I had a good friend who was vegetarian. So that was a fairly, fairly easy thing. Um, um, another good friend um, who was also vegetarian, who, you know, made the effort to kind of Oh, I'll leave out the dairy and stuff to make things for you. Um, family doesn't always get it. You know, um, you go to like an Easter gathering or a Thanksgiving gathering and people make, you know, say vegetables, it's corn or carrots or whatever it is. And they put butter on it. You know, I'm like, here's put the butter off to the side. I could have it. And you put the butter on afterwards. And um, I have one cousin who makes roasted potatoes every year at Easter. And she always makes a point to tell me, I made them with olive oil so you can have them. I'm like, well, thank you. But like, most people just don't, it's kind of just don't care. You know, I don't think it's an intentional, like screw you thing, I put butter on it, but it's also a, I don't care enough to pay attention to, I either go by like an earth balance or something like that. I can't believe it's not butter plant-based, you know, um, there's plenty of options out there these days to buy a non-dairy, non-animal butter product. Um, but like, they don't care enough to do that or leave it off. You know, it's like, okay, now I know where I rank, right? I'm like, I'm like down here, you know, I'm done. and okay, you know, and I show up to those things with some yummy thing to share because I would, you know, I could show up with just enough for me. Um, but no, I show up with a big, massive thing or whatever it is. Um, my wife and I went to a, um, a, uh, a special like big date night kind of thing with a bunch of other couples uh, last summer. And I made a, um, basically a vegan Wellington. So it's a, you know, it's a puff pastry full of vegan gluten-free puff pastry with mushrooms and stuff inside of it. And it was gone. People just devoured it. And I'm of like, course. but I'm like, <laughs> but I know, but, but meanwhile, meanwhile, there were ribs and wings and other stuff at the same, mm -hmm. because it was a, an omnivore event. And after so I was like, you know, that makes me happy. Like that makes me happy. Like people ate that kind of stuff and they knew it was vegan and then it was gluten-free because my, my wife my wife has celiac so she can't have gluten um and but they knew it and they ate it and they loved it and it's like that's to me how i can really show you know that works but um yeah i find people were less supportive maybe 14 years ago and as with anything else in time these days i think they're kind of like okay yep He's vegan. You know, I'll show up to some family function. My dad will go, oh, Chris has got the vegan dish. It's like, well, yes. You know, he'll be like, it's vegan rice and beans. I'm like, well, if rice and beans, dad, it should be vegan in the first place. Like, I mean, otherwise it'd be like beef and rice and beans, right? But if it's not, so it's just rice and beans. It's not vegan rice and beans. It's just rice and beans. But dad always calls it. He's like, here's the vegan dish. It's like, thanks for, now no one wants to eat it because they're like, oh, it's vegan. Ugh. But like, I don't know. I think mostly people in my circle are fairly friendly. There's the occasional people who are still like, I'm going to use a cheeseburger to balance you out. Okay. 
and you have a heart attack, I won't. It's all fine. It's all good. You know, um, I joke about it. I kind of just be like, yeah, okay. You, you, you know, I, you do you, man. I can't, you know, but these, these, my circle of friends are fairly, um, you know, they're fairly tolerant, fairly accepting, fairly, um, we went to a wedding recently and the, um, the bride, um, told me that I was in the wedding party. The bride told me that her caterer was optioning chicken or beef. That was it. There was no other option for anything else. I was like, okay. So, so we're going to bring our own food, you know? And she was like, um, uh, I said, I'm, I'm not asking. I'm, I'm telling you, cause I'm not going to go there and like not, not eat the entire night. Cause we're going to do this. And so we, the wait staff, when we got there, the wait staff were like, we said, we don't eat, you know, animals. And they're like, oh, well, we can give you a salad at least. And so they brought us like, they gave us like a bigger helping of salad and the first one was nice. And then we had our own dinner we brought with us and put on the plates. And people at the guests were like, the table were like, what'd you guys get? We're like, oh, we brought it from home. They're like, oh, that looks really good. I'm like, well, oh, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, so we didn't have dessert, but like we had this salad, salad course. We had a main and then, okay, so we missed dessert. Mm, okay, you know. So be it. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to be the guy who sits in the corner and doesn't eat a meal. I'm going to bring it myself and, you know, politely, politely. Um, but same point, I'm going to do the thing. So. Well, talking about the, the vegan label, I like how, you know, this micro situation that you are living, you know, um, what kind of reaction people will have knowing that this is vegan. Mm. Um this kind of situation is lived by big uh, food brands when they have to decide whether to announce that their product is vegan or just, you know, right. I've read, you know, plant-based. I've read mm -hmm. all sorts of ways to go around that label. And sometimes they just don't mention it. I mean. Mm -hmm. Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people, people, I said that, people go, they're, What's that white stuff? I'm like chemicals. Um, I don't know. It's it's certainly not dairy. I mean, it's you know, um, yeah. I mean, Oreos have decided have decided to, um, Doritos. The spicy sweet chili Doritos are the purple bag. For those who are out there listening to the podcast, the purple bag are vegan. Now, should you eat you know eight thousand bags of those? You shouldn't, but they are tasty. But like, so they don't market them as vegan ones though, because then no one's gonna buy them. So they market them, and like those in the know no but mm -hmm. otherwise people would buy them and eat them and they think they're tasty so i think some companies have decided it's just like well the vegans know if we market it as vegan it's going to impact us someone's going to go oh i can't buy it as vegan it won't have any flavor it won't have any whatever it's what you know and so that and the plant-based thing is be careful because you'll say plant-based and have dairy in them or eggs yes. in them and it's like then that's because they're plant based but they're not like plant complete i guess is the how they look at it mm -hmm. so i'm always a little cautious about um Thank you for mentioning me because well, I had that experience. Yeah, I, I bought some things and then like I was at, um, we were at Trader Joe's and we bought some chips and we got up to the car and realized they had milk in them. I'm like, why is there milk in this? Like, ugh. You know? Yeah, and like, okay, and okay. Well, so those went off to, um, I think we gave them off to somebody else we, we knew who would, would eat such things. And it's like, okay, I already bought them. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, but um, yeah, I just, um I think from a marketing standpoint, there are things that are clearly, you know, um, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure even beyond burgers. Um, I think on the back of the boxes, maybe there's a little vegan logo, but I don't think on the front, this is vegan. I think it's just, I think it's just beyond burgers, you know, and you like, will find it with the, the meat, you know, the meat section. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes. 
yeah, but but I think they don't want to put it in your face. Mm-hmm. It's the vegan burger. Like we know it is, but they don't want to put like vegan beyond beef. They just beyond beef. Um, and um, I know the the just egg products. Um, I've made um, quiches and frittatas with those, and people have been people have been blown away. And it's like, great. Again, you can do eat this kind of stuff and not need the animal for it. Um, but yeah, I think the corporations. Um, I think some things they'll market that way. I know there's a new vegan. Reese's peanut butter cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been looking for it. I don't know where it is, but it's not in Central Connecticut. I'll tell you that. Because um, I just, granted, I'm a big, big fan of Justin's, but I figured why not at least try out this other one? I mean, because again, I realized that Reese's and the corporation and they buy a whole bunch of dairy and there's questionable cocoa practices and all bunch of other things out there. But those companies are not going to move to plant based products unless you'll buy the plant based products. Right. And so, you know, if we don't, don't, you know, so like, well, if I can find it, I'll buy some. Um, now, if they don't taste great, I'll stop buying them. But like, if they taste decent, I'll, I'll buy those. And I'll pay the extra, you know, vegan surcharge because things cost more for us, it seems. But like, I'll do it if it helps encourage the sales for the, for the, for the process. But I got to find them. And like, I, I looked, looked in all the places I can find, I, I can't find them. So I don't, I don't know where they are. But, um, but yeah, I mean, to me, I, I try to encourage that kind of process, you know? I mean, Ben and Jerry's is a whole line now, a whole variety of non-dairy. Again, they don't say plant-based. They don't say vegan. They say non-dairy. It's mm-hmm. very subtle, right? So, oh, I have a lactose issue. I'll like the non-dairy one, right? So without being, you know, you can, ways you can do it without, you know, advertising you're vegan. But they got all their, they have a bunch of flavors they have. You want the Chunky Monkey or you want the, you know, Cherry Garcia. They've got those. The fish food is fantastic. Um so yeah, I just, you know, there's ways to to do it, but I think the companies are fearful of the anti-vegan backlash. And I think especially in America today, there is there is a politicalization of many different issues, um, be it gender identity, be it, you know, um, religion, other kind of stuff. And for whatever reason, veganism becomes part of this thing. I, I think it's perceived as a um a lefty, um, liberal kind of thing, and therefore, um, you know, for people who are not lefty liberals, um, it's a fun thing to attack and go after and whatnot. And so these corporations don't want to lose, you know, if Oreos, somebody said, we're vegan, I can see people like, boycott Oreos. They've been vegan forever, but boycott them now. So I think they're just like, we're not going to tell anybody, you know. So if you're not a lefty liberal listening to this podcast, Oreos, just ignore the fact that they're, they're vegan. Just keep eating them, okay? It's, it's all good. Well, I'm going to say something that will not help, but um, I also think that um, a, a wonderful thing about uh, vegan food is that it's inclusive. You know, you people have so many, um, you know, religious rules and mm-hmm. cultural rules and um, allergies and often, you know, vegan food is gluten-free um, and, you know, when you serve vegan, you can uh, bypass all of those uh, limitations. And you're saying, oh, everyone can eat from that. You know, you don't have to think about it before um, um, touching it. Um, So let me um, ask you, Chris, um, about um, how so many vegans, and there's this study from Phonolytics, I think, decide to go back to their old diet. And I think the study says, you know, 84% of 
uh, vegans and vegetarians decide um, to to go back to uh, an omnivore diet, and thirty four percent do so only after a few months. And we talked about you know the ethical versus the health versus um, uh, the, um, the the climate uh, causes for uh, making someone um, go vegan. But um, would you say that um, the reason why you become vegan is also important um, um, in the sense of if this is not a strong enough reason, you might, after a year or two, or even after a few months, decide to go back to your old diet. Um, and, you know... I'm one to say, you know, if you are vegan for ethical reasons, even if it's uh, an afterthought, you know, after, um, or, you know, you decided to make that choice for ethical reasons after having made the choice to become vegan for health reasons or such, I think the chances for you to stay vegans for uh, years to come um, is more likely. But what, how would you comment about this? How would you explain, first of all, this phenomenon? Why do people that don't stay vegan for long, although it's super convenient these days? So, um, and do you think it has to do with the reasons, or do you have another uh, reason to explain that? Well, I guess it's touching if the first point you said about religion. Um, certainly, you know, you're not worried about things being kosher or things being haram or, I know. Um, crossing those other boundaries when it's all from plants in the first place. You're not crossing, you know, I think of any major religions, you know, whether it's, you know, um, dairy or pork or seafood or or beef, think of Hindus, you avoid all those issues, right? Because it's just plants. Um, and I know there's also large parts of the world where, you know, lentils, beans, rice, they're cheap food. Mm -hmm. I know there's this current mindset that being vegan is expensive. Well, sure. If you want to eat all the like, meal replacement stuff, sure. Sorry, one second. I've got a, I've got a, a little one who wants no problem. Um, but um, I think there's a um, say hi. Um, there's a I think a, a push to to think that we have to eat all that stuff. But you can eat beans and rice and lentils and and vegetables and be perfectly fine and not spend a lot of money to do that kind of stuff. As far as why people do it and then stop doing it. Um, for me personally, be, for, because I had my own health concerns going into it, I, I looked at it. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, I looked at it as, you know, um, almost like an allergy, right? Or a, a, um, a health condition that if I continued to eat animals, I was increasing my cholesterol. I was running risk of heart disease, heart attack, whatever. I like being alive. So I viewed it as an allergy from basically about three months after 4609. Um, and so I never really had a craving. There's a little while at first, the first couple months, I was like, ice cream, I miss ice cream. Because the ice cream 14 years ago was kind of crap. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's fantastic these days. So, you know, there's no reason to now be like, oh, I can't have ice cream. Sure, you can, you know. Um, but really, even then, it's like, well, I miss this one thing. You know, vegan cheese is, is coming there. It's still not quite what it, what it could be. But is it worth the suffering of something else? Is it worth 
my health issues? Is it worth the suffering of the animals to make it? Is it worth that process? No, no, it's not. It's just not. But I think it's a matter of, are you willing to look beyond yourself, right? It's that matter of my desire. Oh, I really miss cheeseburgers. Well, okay. So get some Biolife slices, get a Beyond Burger or an Impossible Burger and make a burger. Well, it's not the same. No, no one had to suffer for it. You're right. It's not the same. Um, and if that's still not good enough for you, well, that's that's a, that's a I don't know, that's a kind of, um, um, I'll say spoiled, but internal, like, I want this. It's that kind of um, a Veruca from um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know, I want my Oompa Loompa now or give me that squirrel. Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to not have everything. It's okay. You know, I don't, I don't have a million dollars. It'd be nice if I had it, but I'm not going to demand it. You know, I mean, um, so I think some people, they either put themselves in a point where I maybe, maybe they are that angry vegan in their circle of friends and then no one wants to talk to them and no one wants to hang out with them. And therefore, it's hard to be the vegan because. Mm -hmm. If you go at it that way, whereas I go some places with friends, and you know, I mean, I don't know, years ago, um, I was hanging out with a friend of mine from work and some of his friends, and went to go see the first Avengers film. So I don't know how long ago that is, and we went out to a restaurant to have um, a dinner before or after the film, and my option at that restaurant was French fries. That was the vegan option on on, on the menu was French fries. So I ordered French fries, and I had a, a beer. I knew it was okay to drink, and that's what I had for dinner. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Um, you survived. You know, I, yeah, I survived. I could have stood in the parking lot and like stared into the window, but what was the point in that, you know? Um, and so sometimes you have got to know going someplace, you're going to eat the French fries or you're going to have the plain salad with a boring dressing and that's what you're going to have. Okay. Yep. That's part of the deal. As you're, you're choosing to make that approach to take a stand for what you believe in. Now, if your own beliefs are weak enough that you can't do that at some point you give in you fall back you say oh okay i can't you know but i don't know i you know i i also know for myself if i were so if i were to suddenly say you know what i can have a cheeseburger once a month well that would turn into once a week turn into i don't know once a day and i'd have a heart attack and you know shortly and I'd, I'd be gone um i'm perfectly glad being where i am but i think for the people who convert I'd love to know what they feel their story is. Like, why? You know, because, oh, I wasn't feeling healthy. Well, what were you eating? I mean, were you eating Oreos and Doritos and Ben and Jerry's? Or were you eating lentils and beans and a variety of vegetables and all the colors? And like, were you eating the way that I think you and I both eat? Or were you eating the junk food vegan diet? Because, you know, you can eat a junk food regular diet and still feel like crap. Mm -hmm. Doesn't It's not the vegan thing. It's what are you choosing to eat, you know? You're kind of person you're just doing microwave you know annie's burritos well no wonder you feel like junk i mean nothing is annie's or amy's but like it's 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 fast food right it's frozen fast food uh, you know learn how to cook mm -hmm. save some money learn how to cook um i don't know i mean i grew up on a very much typical american you know meat and potatoes canned canned vegetables on the plate mm -hmm. kind of kind of diet eventually frozen vegetables um it was fine. It wasn't very exciting, but like I've learned how to flavor things and, and do so much more. Um, and I think people just were willing to cook a little bit and diversify. And I'll, I'll even watch cooking shows that have animal products in them and be like, how can I make a vegan version of that? Because yeah. to me, it's not about watching the animal stuff, but it's about the, that sounds interesting. How can I do something different? You know? Um, and then 
creating something. I mean, I make a bolognese sauce once a week. Um, I use a recipe from Gordon Ramsay, um, who is not a big vegan fan, by, by the way. But <laughs> but his recipe, you know, um, he puts in his pound of mince and I put my pound of Beyond Meat mm-hmm. and it's, it's darn tasty. I don't know what his taste is like, but I know mine's pretty good. Um, and so to me, that's part of it. But I think, I don't know, the people who, who quit, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to insult them. Um, they've got the reasons, I'm sure. But I think that's part of the process. It's like, well, to me, why? I mean, I don't know. I mean, um, I think to a certain extent for, for me, um, and I, I this will sound a weird thing. I can't say that animal products for me were an addiction because they weren't. But I ate them and they were not good for me. Mm-hmm. Outside of the fact they weren't, also they also weren't good for the animals I was eating either because it's bad for the animals. But they weren't good for me. And I can reach a point where I said, I need to stop doing that and not keep doing it. And I look at it as I can't go back to it because it's bad for me and it's bad for them. It's bad for the planet. It's bad for all these things, right? It's environment, animals, me, the whole deal. So I don't, I don't cheat. I don't like go, Oh, I'll go eat that. No, I don't. I do the thing. And that's just how it is. Um, And that's how it's going to be. It's been 14 years now. I can't imagine suddenly starting tomorrow. I just, yeah, I, I can't see it. Um, you know, um, I don't know, um, years ago, I was going to get a, a tattoo across my, my heart that said plant power. Um, and I didn't, cause I didn't like the design the artist came up with and I didn't get it done, but like, um, yeah, I, I, it was more to encourage me to, to, to keep going. And at this point, I'm like 14 years, I'm like, I don't need a tattoo anymore. I've got plenty of other tattoos, but I don't need that one. But like, I just, I mean, family and friends just know, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, they know that I'm going to show up with food or they're going to encourage we hosted thanksgiving um a bunch, a bunch of vegan food it's here you go you know come in here that's what you're gonna get so and you're going to be healthier for it <laughs> um i hope so i mean you know i mean but you know um again there's still you know plenty of you know, you cover it full of you know um earth balance and we're also still not to sell all that for you enough <laughs> um, but you know i mean not to not no offense no offense earth balance but like yeah. you know you can make anything unhealthy if you want to well you know thanksgiving dinners are not made to be healthy <laughs> true true let's not uh destroy the fun of that event <laughs> <laughs> so uh chris as a last question uh i would like to ask you um what would you want listeners to retain from our conversation? Um, well, if if you're a non-vegan listening to the podcast, um, I'd say give it a try. But give it a try in a way that's supportive, right? Don't just walk through your kitchen, throw out every single thing you think of that you know you normally, you know, maybe again, start with a you know, meatless Monday, maybe a meatless Monday and Wednesday. I don't know. Try something like that. Phase in, right? I think I wouldn't. I went cold turkey or cold tofu, if you want to put it that way. Um, and literally for me, it was like a Sunday, I ate something and Monday I didn't. And I, just, I went all in. Um, not everyone can do that. Some people need to phase in. Um, a lot of people find cheese really hard. Like, okay, so do everything but the cheese for a while, you know? And then if you're going to not do cheese for a while, don't do cheese for a while. Don't like Monday eat, I don't know, a slice of Land Lakes pasteurized plastic cheddar stuff you're going to get in, in the store. Then Tuesday eat Violet. It's not going to taste the same. Give, you know, for cheese, especially you need like you need like a couple months to like get it out of your system and then try the the vegan cheeses. They're all right. They're not great. They're getting better. But I think so for the, for the non-vegans who are listening, try some stuff. You know, just just cut some animals out. You know, eat less of them. 
um, for the vegans, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, rock on. Um, I just think that it's too, um, it's too easy maybe to just go, oh, I couldn't do it. Well, why? Why couldn't you do it? Like, why? What, what, what made you not want to do it? Because certainly 14 years ago, there were way less things and options out there. You know, mm-hmm. um, a, a, you, know, you find, find a veggie burger in the frozen section that's been there for a while, you know, whereas now there's all kinds of options. You can go out to, you know, chain restaurants and they've got Impossible Burgers and Beyond Burgers and other like, you can find these things out there. You know, get, a, get a Burger King, get an Impossible Whopper, although it's on the same grill as questionable, uh, you know, but like there's just options out there that weren't there before. And so I think, you know, um, think of yourself, think of the planet, think of the animals, think of these things. And why not just, you know, if you're already doing it, keep doing it. If you're not doing it yet, think about doing it, try doing it. Um, I'd say, uh, you know, if you want um, a support system, not that I'm the end all be all, but you know, I am, I am toe viewing on Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm not there, not there that often, but I'm sure if you message me, it'll, it'll, it'll tag me in some sort of process there, but, um, also on Reddit as uh, teacher man CT. So be glad to offer anybody, uh, input thoughts. Oh, that's such a generous offer. Well, I mean, what's it cost me, you know, with the time, right. You know, but like, it's seriously, like it's a, hmm. when you, re- when you reached out about the internet, this is like, well, why not? What do I have to lose? I mean, you know, it's an hour of my time. Sure. Why not? You know, um, if it gets one other person thinking about doing it. Isn't that worth it? Yes. And uh, I will leave uh, a link to uh, your Instagram and also your Reddit uh, in the description. I think I will mention it in the introduction too. Excellent. Um, So Chris, thank you so much. Uh, This has been truly a pleasure and you you made me hungry. (laughs) After talking about this, uh, I wish you invite me uh, sometime to to, to your... uh, to your house you know to taste all of those amazing dishes you make uh and yeah i, I love it. it's inspiring how you are strategic in your ways of approaching people um truly i i love that so yes well i'll say thank you this is this has been a been, been a fun experience and uh i i wasn't sure what i was getting myself into here i've, I've done another podcast i've been on another podcast a couple times as a, as, a, as a guest uh as a, as a guest and um this has been uh, it's been fun and um i'm glad to, uh, i don't know where you where you're based in the world um but uh, oh i'm sure well if you're ever going to be in, in central connecticut um let me know uh, reach out let me know because uh, there's always there's room for one more at the table Thank you everyone for listening. Make sure to share this episode with family and friends. Give them a window into the life of a vegan. Next week, we are going to talk about farmers and farm workers making the choice to adopt a more ethical source of income and a small, dedicated organization called Farm Transition Academy helping them make that transition happen. It's so inspiring hearing about workers of this industry turning their back to animal exploitation. So subscribe now and don't miss out on that feel-good conversation. Finally, you can always reach me on Instagram at veganreportpodcast. Thank you again for listening. Take care and see you next week.